now with the latest from the world of technology. This is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Let's jump straight in. Tech Guide. This was a real effort to push into that growing consumer space, very competitive space in Australia. It does give the user plenty of options, whether you're working or viewing content on the device. Keeping you updated and educated. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. Knowing Apple, you just don't know what to expect. They've gone from taking an excellent device and they've made it even better. It's had a redesign inside and out. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, episode 179. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer news, products and opinions. Thanks for listening and thanks for downloading. And for you first-time listeners, we're glad you found us. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au and it is our last show of 2015. Uh, and this week we're going to talk about our reading habits over the summer break, our spoiler-free look at The Force Awakens, and the importance of parents taking notice of games ratings. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Sunto Traverse GPS watch, the Samsung Gear VR headset, and the remake of The Man from Uncle. Plenty of gadgets in that one. And we'll wrap things up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and also Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. Plenty to talk about, so let's jump straight in. Well, as I mentioned, it is our last show for 2015. We really appreciate your you listening to our programs this year, but it's time to take a little break, a little summer break. We're only going to take a couple of weeks off. We're going to be back first thing in 2016. But in summer breaks, uh, we tend to we've got a bit more time on our hands. And a lot of people like to uh, to read a book, to read more than one book. As a matter of fact, I'm one of I'm a big reader. I have to say, as, as much tech as I enjoy, and all my devices and everything I do, I still find time to read, whether it's uh, on a Kindle or any other e-reader for that matter, or an actual book, a physical book, a printed book. And I've got to say, I love printed books. I still have plenty of them. I still buy them. But the key is, though, the bottom line is I still love reading. Now, Amazon released this interesting survey. It commissioned about the reading habits of Australians. It's called the Secret Lives of Australian Readers Survey. And it did uncover a few interesting facts. Now, according to this research, 72% of people plan to read a book this Christmas period. Are you one of those people? I know I certainly am. I plan to read more than one. As a matter of fact, one in five people will read more than three books these holidays. So plenty of time. We're down the beach. We're relaxing. We're on holidays. It's plenty of time to get lost in a book. 69% of Australians, according to this survey, feel, though, that they don't read enough. Now, I've got got teenage kids, and, and one of my children's in her 20s. And I have to say that... They don't read anywhere near as much as I do, uh, or as uh, or as much as I did when I was their age. It's a, it's something I've noticed, and I've asked other parents this: parents with kids, same age, similar age as mine, and with slightly younger children. And the answer is the same. A lot of parents are noticing that 
their kids are not reading anywhere near as much as we did when we were their age. Now, you got to remember, when I was my children's age, uh, which was quite a long time ago, I never had a phone. We never had the internet. There were none of these other distractions. Social media was, wasn't even thought of at that point. So there were, there were, th- those things were out of our lives. So it left plenty of time for reading. Nowadays, it's a different story. Our kids have got smartphones and tablets and they're on social media and they're involved all the time. They're connected all the time. And I, I, I'm sorry to, to think that the, the, the habit of reading could be potentially dying out. Uh, I think as a parent, if you're a parent listening to this program right now, I think uh, it's, a, it's really important that we encourage our children to read. I know I do with my kids. I, I offer them, uh, I'll buy them any book they want. If they want to buy a book, I'll buy it for them on the spot. And a couple of times they've taken me up on that. You know, they've, they've read the Harry Potter books and a few of the, uh, I think, the Maze Runner books and things like that, those those teen, teen books. But I think as they grow up into adults, I think it's important that they, they keep at that habit. Now, according to this survey, uh, 44% of Australians said they read uh, when they're on a trip or on a holiday. So I know that's one of the first things that I pack in the bag, apart from my laptop and all my other gadgets, is a book. I do like to take a book. I also take a Kindle because the advantage of having a Kindle or an e-reader is the fact that you can take several books on board. There's enough memory to put a 1,000 books on an e-reader. So rather than having to choose one and take it along, you can uh, take your whole library if you want to. Uh, over Christmas, Australians uh, really uh, get into the reading, 72% reading one book during the Christmas and New Year holidays. But also, we like to read on the go. Two in three say they read away from home. And 82% of those surveys said they own a Kindle, which is encouraging because the Kindle is not only the book, it's also the book store. 43% of ebook owners said they take their devices with them on public transport, myself included. I do, uh, I do like to take my actual book. I do like to take my e-reader, especially when I'm traveling and I'm flying. I, I do have my Kindle on board. And obviously, long-haul flights and cruises are the ideal places to read your book. But if you want to find out a little bit more about that survey and our reading habits and where you fit in the whole picture, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. Okay, well, uh, Star Wars, I have seen it. I've actually seen it four times, would you believe? Uh, this is, I'm recording this on a Monday night. It was, the premiere was last Wednesday night. So I did actually see it three times in 24 hours. And I just saw it again earlier today with my brother. He was seeing it for the first time. So I have seen a fair bit of the film, and I have picked up so much in the movie as well. I think more than one viewing, you do pick up other little bits and pieces. But I promise you, this is a no-spoiler look at The Force Awakens. So don't be reaching for the for the off button. I'm not going to spoil the movie for you. I promise I will not spoil it for you uh, if you haven't seen the film yet. So if you haven't, Run to a cinema, buy a ticket and watch it. As I said, this is a spoiler-free look at Star Wars The Force Awakens. J.J. Abrams, the director and co-writer, has certainly done a great job. He has picked up the baton, uh, passed on by George Lucas, and he has uh, done a terrific job keeping the spirit 
of the Star Wars films alive. Not only has he combined the new characters and the, the new generation of, uh, of people in the Star Wars universe, but also blended them in well with the older generation of, of, of the characters, Han Solo and Princess Leia and, and Luke Skywalker, Chewbacca, C-3PO, R2-D2. They, uh, they do have place in the film, and they, they mix really well with the new cast. So terrific job there. Storyline is, uh, is really interesting. I'm not going to give it up, as I said, uh, but it does, uh, it, it does lay some interesting tracks for storylines and subplots. And uh, it, it's it's don't forget this is episode seven, so we're going to see episode eight and episode nine in the years to come. And for those who didn't know, this film is set thirty years after the events of Return of the Jedi, so a lot has gone on in that period. And the part of that backstory, uh, which is what what's gone on, is presented in a really nice way, in a surprising way, and in, in revealed throughout the movie. It's really interesting how they've done that. Again, not giving anything away. Uh, it is a compelling story, really driven along by the characters. I've got to say, the new the new actors that have come into the franchise have done a terrific job, really good job, and uh, they they're very, really enjoyable to watch. And you're really uh, following their story closely. Uh, that's all I'm prepared to say. No, no more about the film. Uh, but if you have seen the movie, I have also prepared on Tech Guide the unanswered questions of Star Wars: The Force Awakens, and that is with massive spoilers. So if you have seen the film, feel free and check that out. If you haven't seen the film, I've also got my spoiler-free review there as well so i've catered for star wars fans who have seen the force awakens and also people who have not seen the force awakens but if you have seen the force awakens we'd love to hear your thoughts about it i'd love you to read my story about the unanswered questions and my analysis of the film and uh would love to see if you agree with what we say there or not get in touch with us uh, send us an email, leave a comment on the story, or hit me up at Twitter. I'm at Stephen Fennick on Twitter, and that's Stephen spelt with a PH. And then uh, add the hashtag Star Wars or hashtag The Force Awakens. I'd love to chat to you about it. I could do it all day. If you want to read more at Tech Guide, you can do that. The Force Awakens with spoilers report and also without spoilers report. And as I said, you can find that. The Force is strong at techguide.com.au. Okay, this is a very popular time of year where parents are starting to shop around for their children. Uh, a game, a computer game, is a really easy present to buy your kids because they're popular. The kids love playing games. Their friends recommend games. They all get all kinds of influence about the types of games they want to play. But it's really important for parents to note that if they've got a younger child, a, a 12, 13, younger teenage child... They really do need to take notice of the game's ratings, just as they would take notice of a film's ratings, because it did take a while for the gaming industry to establish the fact that, yes, they are a legitimate form of entertainment. Yes, they do. They should have ratings on par with films, and at one point, games only had the top rating for a game was MA15+. Plus. So if a game didn't meet the MA15 plus standard, 
it was either banned or refused classification until it did meet that MA15 plus standard. Well, today's a different story. R rating has finally been accepted into the gaming world. And let's face it, a lot of the popular games are aimed at adults. Now, here's a misconception by parents. They think it's just a game. It's just for kids. That is completely wrong. Gaming is enjoyed by a wide range of people in Australia. The average age of a gamer, you may be surprised to learn, is actually 32 years of age. So don't for a second think that this is only something that kids play in their bedroom. Absolutely wrong. So I think it's important, especially if parents are considering buying their child a game. And let's face it, there's a lot of times where little Johnny has come home and pestered mum and dad to buy them a certain game. And they, they may have even said that they've actually played the game at a friend's house. You may be surprised to know that they may have played Call of Duty Black Ops 3 or Grand Theft Auto. A lot of these games are R-rated. And just as you wouldn't allow your child, especially if they're 12, 13, 14, just as you wouldn't allow them to watch an R-rated film, just as you wouldn't buy them alcohol or cigarettes because they are underage, well, then the same thing should apply for games. Now, I've spoken to our friends at EB Games. I do speak to the guys up there, and they tell me they tell, tell me some, some horror stories about how parents react when their child is not sold a certain game. One example would be a child rocks up at the counter with the money to buy a game. They might, might want to buy Call of Duty or uh, Grand Theft Auto, one of those R-rated games. Now, it is illegal for a staff member at a game store to sell a game to an underage customer. They have to ask for ID, and if the child can't produce the ID to prove that they're 18, guess what? They're not going to get the game. So what ends up happening, the child walks off, head down, slumped shoulders, disappointed. They couldn't buy the game. They tell their mother, they tell their father, they wouldn't sell me the game. And it's not uncommon, and this has happened in, in gaming stores where the parent has stormed back into the store, abused the staff member for not selling the game to their child. And the staff member explains, Sir, madam, it's an R-rated game. You need to be 18 to play it. And their response is incredibly, their response is, it's only a game. What harm could there be? Well, let's talk about that for a while. An R-rated film is something you just watch. An R-rated game is something you take part in. You can not only witness this event that makes it a game, whether it's nudity or violence or even explicit sex, but in a game, you can actually initiate that action and make it worse, create it from nothing. So when a parent says, oh, it's only a game, well, they really need to take a, take a really long, hard look at it because gaming now is, we're now up to PS4, Xbox One, next generation technology, which is as realistic as ever. It's like watching a movie. So any parent who's sitting there and the excuse they use is, oh, it's only a game, should really think twice about what they're saying. Now, whether it's just ignorance or whether it's just they just flatly refuse that a game could have any kind of harm, well, I think they really need to take a look at it. Grand Theft Auto, for example, there's nudity in that game. A player in this open world of Grand Theft Auto can have sex with prostitutes, kill people, do all these kinds of things where allowing a young under, underage child to play that sort of game, that's disturbing. 
Call of Duty. It's quite a graphic, violent game. And the reason there is a big black R18 plus rating on it is for that very reason, that it, is, it isn't something that a child can see. So parents, if you're listening and your son or daughter is pestering you to buy a game that may be above their age rating, are you doing them a favor by buying it? I'd say not. You could harm them rather than help them. If you want to read more about our story, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And they've released the Nighthawk X4S AC2600 Wi-Fi ADSL VDSL modem router. And it's perfect for connected Aussie homes. Netgear's latest addition to the Nighthawk family is a high-performance piece of kit. It's specifically built for streaming for gaming, and for connected homes with lots of devices. The Nighthawk X4S, otherwise known as the D7800, will deliver AC Wi-Fi speeds of up to 2,600 megabits per second and supports both ADSL and VDSL connection. VDSL connections are being used in the NBN rollout, so you know with the Nighthawk X4S, you're future-proofing your purchase. It's the first mode around on the market to support the latest Wave 2 Wi-Fi technology with quad stream on both bands and multi-user MIMO capability, which is short for multiple in, multiple out capability. This means maximizing connection speeds for faster streaming, faster gaming, and less buffering. So if your household loves streaming Netflix, loves online gaming, and has multiple devices checking out, you better check out the new Nighthawk X4S Wi-Fi modem router from Netgear. Search D7800 at netgear.com.au. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennig. We are kicking off our Tech Guide review this week with a GPS watch. This is a Sunto Traverse. This is a serious watch. Now, there are plenty of smart watches around already, but not all of them can really perform all the tasks of, say, a hiker, a runner, an adventurer. Uh, smartwatches are handy if you want to get your run maybe some apps on board or maybe get some notifications. But if you really want to get out there, you really want to use GPS, you want to find your way back, you want to find, leave a path, plan a route, know the weather, then the Sunto Traverse is just for you. Now, the Sunto Traverse looks like a diver's watch, so it's a pretty chunky little watch. It's five centimeters wide, has a thickness of 1.65 centimeters, weighs just 80 grams. Now, it's about the same size, as I said, as a, as a dedicated sports watch. It's waterproof, of course, to a depth of 100 meters. Now, on board is GPS. So this is a sort of watch that uh, for people who like to get off the beaten track, they like to go set a path, set a trail, go on a run, go on a hike, go out camping, whatever they want to do, but they want to know their surroundings, they want to know where they're going, they want to set a route, they want to find their way back, they want to know the weather, so this helps them do that. Now, the top of the watch is made from stainless steel, and the base is made from uh, composite plastic. Now, it doesn't have a touchscreen. This would have made it a lot easier, in my opinion, to operate, but 
that's not to say it's difficult to operate. There are five buttons, so two on the left, three on the right. These are navigation buttons, so you can easily go through the menus, go into the different parts, different features, different settings, and once you master those buttons, you'll be getting around in no time at all. So uh, like other smartwatches, it also has a rechargeable battery. The battery on board the Sunto Traverse will run for up to three days on a full charge. Now, if you're using full-on GPS mode, where the GPS satellites are pinging this watch every second, it'll last for up to three days. If you are not using GPS and you're just using it to tell time to get some notifications, then the battery will last for more than a month. But if you are using it that proper way with GPS uh, all the time, then up to three days is what you're going to get. Now, there's also Bluetooth on board. So you can actually pair this with your smartphone. So you'll get your notifications. You'll know how many emails you've got unread. You'll see your messages, those sorts of things. So really handy there. Now, on the GPS side, now this has got not only got GPS, it also supports GLOSNAS, which is the Russian network of satellites. So you've got more accurate tracking. It'll find your position a lot faster as well. So to have that kind of accuracy, you needed to have a handheld GPS device, uh, like a standalone GPS device. Well, now it's right there on your wrist with the Sunto Traverse. Uh, we gave the Sunto Traverse a test drive. We did some coastal walking and other uses, and it was updating every second and giving us compass bearings in real time. So it's really responsive. So perfect for hikers and adventurers and runners. And uh, the, you know, the, the, through GPS, you can provide it can provide distance, altitude, the pace data, things like that. You'll also get sunrise, sunset times, the weather trends, storm alarms. So if there's a storm approaching, it can give you an alarm, give you a heads up. Uh, there's also a compass on board, and of course, it'll be. Uh, it's also a tracker, uh, an exercise tracker, activity tracker. So you'll get your daily steps and calorie count as well. It's also got a vibration alarm. It also hooks up to a really handy moves count app. So you can not only plan your routes, but also look at what you've done. One cool little feature on the app is the fact that once you've finished the journey, you can actually the app actually creates a little map flyover of your of your hike or your run, and you can actually share that on social media. So it goes the time and and creates a little map. Uh, it's a really cool way to show people where you've been, uh, how you did it through this little map flyover. The Sunto Traverse it's uh, it's designed for hikers and adventurers. And serious people who want more from their watch than just uh, some notifications and, and some of the smarts like that. They want GPS. They want waterproof. They want the whole kit and caboodle. The Sunto Traverse is the watch for you. It's priced at $549. It's available now. And if you want to read our complete review, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Next up, we are talking VR. We're talking the Samsung Gear VR, as a matter of fact. This is actually the third version of the Gear VR. Samsung have been very active in the virtual reality space. This latest Gear VR model is compatible with the latest Samsung phones, the Galaxy Note 5, the S6 Edge Plus, the Galaxy S6, and the S6 Edge. Those four phones, those four smartphones, fit inside the Gear VR. They provide the screen for the Gear VR experience. If you were to buy virtual reality with a built-in screen, built-in high-def screen, the unit would cost a couple of thousand dollars. Because you're 
bring, providing the screen through your Samsung phone, it does bring the cost way down. $159, as a matter of fact. And for your money, you do get a nice sturdy unit. You get padded headpiece. So when you can wear it around your eyes and above your nose, it is very comfortable. There's also straps that go around the back of your head, around the top of your head to support the weight of the Gear VR, although it doesn't really weigh that much anyway, even with the phone on board. So it is a high-quality device at a very affordable price. Now, in terms of content, plenty of content to enjoy already. What uh, what Samsung has done, they've created like a little lobby area that you feel like you're sitting in a, in a, in a little in a house, and you can see this little floating menu in front of you by looking at the uh, by turning your head, you're moving the pointer inside the VR. You can actually select different apps, different activities, different content. And uh, it will select that for you. There's a, a little trackpad and uh, button on the side that lets you select certain things as well. But you, can, you are truly immersed in these photographs, in these 3D photographs, videos, games. There's plenty of uh, apps as well that give you VR, virtual reality gaming as well. So much to explore. I think we're only at the, at the threshold of this amazing period. I think 2016 is going to be a massive year for VR. And we only are just at the start of this. We're only just scratching the surface. There's so much more content to come. We're going to see the PlayStation VR next year. We're going to see the Oculus, which is owned by Facebook. There's going to be so many. I think HTC are even working on a VR device. So expect plenty of content, plenty of games, and who knows, maybe even plenty of movies that are filmed in this fashion where you can be immersed in this world, turn around 360 degrees, and you'll be transported to another place. think you are there with this amazing virtual reality technology the gear vr is available now you could even watch netflix would you believe on the gear vr so apart from it being virtual reality it's also like your own little personal cinema your own home theater on on your face the gear vr you can watch net your netflix account even through this now we should point out that despite the super amoled screens on your smartphones Don't think you're going to get 4K, even full HD quality out of these screens because you are holding the screen a couple of centimeters away from your face and you are seeing all the pixels there. That's not to say it isn't isn't impressive and acceptable viewing. Just don't expect 4K quality. You still get pretty decent quality, I have to say, but it isn't quite up to 4K, even full HD standards yet. If you want to read more about the Samsung Gear VR, it's priced at only $159, would you believe? You can check it out at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. Now, just quickly before we start the uh, Tech Guide help desk, we want to talk about a movie, a remake of uh, the, the popular 60s series Man from Uncle. Now, Uncle is an acronym For those who don't know, UNCLE stands for United Network Command for Law and Enforcement. And it tells the story of two spies who are brought together to who are usually enemy spies or one American and a Russian. And they're brought together to uh, to find this criminal organization who threatened the world. And they join forces. So they put aside their differences and join forces to find 
this mysterious international crime organization. Uh, it's a really interesting look at th- this. This series actually was made and set in the 60s. And what this film has done, despite be- it being made just uh, earlier this year, late last year, it is still set in the 60s. So it's not a modern interpretation. It's still set in the 60s. So getting that 60s feel, I think that's part of the enjoyment of the film. Now, it's part James Bond. It's part Mission Impossible, but it still has its own distinct character and distinct flavour. And just like Bond and just like Mission Impossible, there's also plenty of gadgets. Throughout the film, they use these various little gizmos to disable power systems and they unlock doors and zip line from a roof. So plenty of, of little gadgets to keep an eye out for. And they're the 1960s version of that gadget, don't forget. So it's not some shiny new modern product. It's something that they would have had to invent in the 60s to use in that time period. Uh, it's a really interesting look. The cast is is uh, pretty impressive as well. Henry Cavill, you may have seen him as Man of Steel, Superman, in uh, uh, that film a couple of years ago. Uh, he's actually an Englishman playing an American. Now, Army Hammer is the, his co-star. You may have seen him in the film The Social Network. He plays both parts of the Winklevoss twins. Very impressive performance there, and also a very impressive, uh, impressive performance here because he's an American actor playing a Russian. So their, their accents, they do a pretty good job, actually, uh, of, of uh, cracking those accents. So uh, it, it is uh, really uh, some, they've obviously put in some hard work to get that right. The story, though, really fun, really excellent home viewing experience, by the way, too. The Blu-ray disc version features the Dolby Atmos soundtrack. For those who don't know what Dolby Atmos is, this is the new sound standard that is kind of what they call 3D sound because you can actually place speakers on your ceiling so the sound seems to descend onto the audience. Now, the disc is also backwards compatible, so if you don't have Dolby Atmos, it will then pull back to 7.1 and be compatible with your home entertainment system. Plenty of extras too on the Blu-ray disc and the DVD. If you want to read more about the film Man from Uncle and see some pictures and some other facts from the movie, you can check it out at techguide.com.au The Tech Guide podcast is also proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that protects your devices and helps keep you and your family safe online. Now, today, we live in a world where cyber criminals are working overtime, trying to find new ways to steal your personal information. The team at Norton is dedicated to keeping people safe online, no matter how they connect. So whether you're paying bills on your phone, shopping on your tablet, or banking on your laptop, Norton, Norton's latest internet security solution, Norton Security Premium, is working behind the scenes to keep your information, your identity, and your devices protected. It also comes with secure PC cloud backup, so you can back up and save your personal files, photos and videos, and other memories that live on your devices. For more information about Norton Security Premium and how to protect your online life, check out au.norton.com. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Our Tech Guide help desk question is from Mark Knowles from Cronulla. He writes, Dear Stephen, we've got an Optus Cable broadband. Our old Motorola surfboard modem and router recently died. Optus provided us with a new Cisco modem router. 
Uh, we have a two-story brick house, cable connection downstairs, most living areas upstairs. A new motor router doesn't have enough grunt, doesn't reach the back of the house. I'm wanting to upgrade to something more powerful, and he's thinking of the Netgear Nighthawk. Uh, good choice there. Someone told me they don't work with Optus Cable Broadband. The person who told you that is wrong, Mark. I have an Optus Cable Broadband service right here. I, too, have the Cisco modem router, and I have connected to it the Netgear Nighthawk. I've also connected the D-Link Taipan uh, here for, for my various reviews. So, yes, you can connect a router, a second router, to your modem. Now, uh, in the case of, because you already have the modem part, you can buy a net a Netgear router or a D-Link router. So you don't need the modem part. A lot of the modems they sell, especially the Netgear, the X4S that I mentioned in the ad earlier today in the in this episode, that is a cable, uh, sorry, an ADSL modem router. You're a cable customer, so that modem component won't work with your system. But a modem, uh, the router part will. So because you've already got a modem, you don't need a modem router. You just need the router. And the AC, 80211 AC modem uh, routers are the way to go. Greater range. They lock onto your devices, give you better throughput, so better data flow through your home network. So, yes, they do work with the Optus Cable Broadband. I'm doing it myself. I can prove it. And Mark says he's got four laptops, four iPads, smartphones, like everyone. We've all got that kind of number, those number of devices in our house. And, yes, you can connect a Nighthawk router and a D-Link router and any other router for that matter, 802.11ac router, to your Optus Cable Broadband. You just need to set up the router as another another access point. It's very easy. It is plug-and-play stuff, really easy to do. So, Mark, that is the question. That is the answer, and I hope that you can sort out your connection. We've done that ourselves as well. So uh, check that out. If you I've reviewed the, the Netgear and, and D-Link modem routers and routers as well, you can check them out at techguide.com.au. And that is our show for this week, and that is also our last show for the year. You can read about everything we've talked about at techguide.com.au. If you want to get in touch, email us, info at techguide.com.au. We could be reading out your question on the Tech Guide help desk as well. A special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Netgear and Norton, both terrific supporters of the Tech Guide podcast. Thanks for listening. It's been great having you with us this year. We really appreciate you listening to our show. The only reason we do it is for you. We know you enjoy it. We enjoy bringing it to you. We look forward to you joining us again when we kick off in 2016, in early January, before we go to the Consumer Electronics Show, probably as we land in Las Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.